Coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gahn-Mueller. What a pleasure to have you join us today. You are a treat, Sam. They're going to hear you, the wisdom keeper for all my friends. I have 123 podcasts. You're 124. And you know, Sam, that you have trained people to go beyond thinking the world needs help. You're teaching them how to help the world. This is Sam Daly Harris, friends. Sam, you have heard of the Pied Piper. Well, there's only one person who can be as important, as good as the Pied Piper, and that's Sam Daly Harris. I can hardly stop my talk about him because I'm reading his book. His new book that came out, Reclaiming Our Democracy, Every Citizen's Guide to Transformational Advocacy. All right, Sam, I'm going to say welcome and bless your heart for writing this book. Thank you. It's a thrill to be with you. It's a thrill to have you. I'm going to put us on speaker view, and I'm going to begin to tell you why I love Sam. I am Barbara Gahn-Mueller. You are listening to peacepodcast.org. This is episode 124. Why? Because all these 124 before Sam had a message for you, but I'm not sure they had the magic formula to make you an active person taking their message into the world. But if you buy Sam's book, Reclaiming Our Democracy, Every Citizen's Guide, and go to chapter 21, you will see the process to make your words, your thoughts, and your energy successful, to change the world as we need it. I have peace as my byline, Sam, and I also want to end all wars. I believe big projects allow us to do more than we ever thought possible. Get us out of our comfort zone. Okay, Sam, let's begin. In 1980, you began results. Tell me why. Well, if I can do it this way, um, I really urge people to know their why and share it. And the uh, Marshall Gans at Harvard developed the story of self, a kind of what happened in your life and what decisions did you make that got you to this commitment. And so I'm gonna tell a shortened version of my story of self, which gets me to why. So I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in music. And I played percussion instruments in the Miami Philharmonic Orchestra for 12 years and taught high school music. And in 1980, 44 years ago, I founded the Anti-Poverty Lobby Results. And a lot of times I'm asked, music, poverty lobby, what's the connection? And when I look back in my life, there's certain experiences that start pointing me in a different direction. Uh, the death of a friend around high school graduation in 1964 and the assassination of Robert Kennedy around college graduation in 1968 got me to asking the questions of purpose. Why am I here? What am I here to do? What's my purpose? About nine years later, I'm invited to a presentation on ending world hunger put on by the Hunger Project. And I go to this event thinking, well, 
Hunger's inevitable. What do I know? I'm a musician. I mean, I'm thinking it's inevitable because in my mind, there are no solutions because if there were solutions, somebody would have done something by now. But I go to this event, it's obvious right away, there's no mystery to growing food, clean water, basic health, literacy, all these things are solvable. I'm not hopeless about the lack of solutions. I'm hopeless about human nature, people. Just never get around to doing the things that can be done. But there's one human nature I have some control over, my own, and my questions, why am I here? What am I here to do? So I get involved in a big way. This is the end of the story. In 1978, 1979, I spoke to 7,000 high school students, classroom by classroom. Before I went into the first classroom, I read some statements from Jimmy Carter's Commission on World Hunger and others calling for the political will to end hunger. So I asked 7,000 students, what's the name of your member of Congress? I don't want to know if you wrote him. I don't want to know if you met him. Just the name. Out of 7,000 asks, 200, fewer than 3% could answer correctly. 6,800, over 97% couldn't tell me. And results grew out of this gap between the calls for the political will to end hunger on the one hand and the lack of basic information on who represented us in Washington on the other. So that was the journey. That was a wake-up call. Yes. And let me say, I ask viewers and listeners to think about their story of self. What happened in your life? And what kind of decisions did you make that got you to this commitment of yours that you're with the Peace Podcast? I mean, not everyone on your street is here yet. What is it that brought you here? What brought us to this Peace Podcast was my late husband working for the United Nations, Robert Mueller. And he kept saying, don't give up hope. Bring hope to everything and believe in peace. Have a big dream, Sam. You had a big dream after those 7,000 students. People on my podcast, Frank Sanitati, Peter Fikowski, they're all your students. Look what they're doing. Their editorials are published. Why? Because they read chapter 21, I'm sure. Because learning how to be a spokesperson. Learning how. Yeah. For transformational advocacy. Think of those precious words. And think of love because we love our planet. When the astronaut was on the dark side of the moon and he said, this is boring, the dark side of the moon. And his spaceship came around and he saw the blue marble. And he said, earth rising. That's my dream, Sam that we all see earth rising to the challenges today. But I couldn't do it before I read your book. I've been preaching. I'm going to stop preaching. I'm going to start teaching. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> okay, great. If I'm going to pick up on the astronaut, if I could. And I want to read a question that I was asked on the NPR show 1A in early 2024. And I'm going to read what the questioner said. He said, the passive nature of our politics now, you can feel beat down by it. I mean, this is my career, and I feel beat down by it. It's much more of an effort for me. I don't participate the same way others do because I'm a political journalist, but I do have to pay attention. It's a grind. It's a grind, Sam. I mean, you know that. What am I feeling? What's the way out of that? I'm not an activist. 
but you know what I'm saying. That was the question that he asked, the second one of our interview. And what I said to him was, Apollo astronaut Rusty Schweikert said, we aren't passengers on Spaceship Earth. We're the crew. And if we're crew, how does crew operate? What does crew do? Uh, you know, and actually then shared one other uh, quote from um, Alex Steffen, a futurist and climate activist who said, in fact, these days, cynicism is obedience. Well, if I'm cynical, I'm just being obedient to the way things are. I mean, I'm cynical. I can't do anything. Uh, nothing's going to make a difference. So I'm just obedient to the way things are. And I think those are two clues to the way out of interact in, in action. It is exactly what you said. And I love that interview. You know, Sam, I could talk about all the interviews you've done. I've been listening to them. And nobody asks you how. They don't ask you how do you have transformational advocacy. They just tell you how great you are. Your book is fabulous. Everybody says so. Even Mohammed um, Yamas, Yanis said, you, we can all be builders of a better world. Reclaiming our democracy is part of the blueprint. And I, they only said that. And here's what he said. Here's your homework, people. Read it study it and start building the world we know we need to as my late husband robert mueller said let's create the paradise earth that we were born into sam what do you think yeah so let me explain to folks who are viewing and listening uh what transformational advocacy is and then how to find organizations that work to deliver it so everybody knows transactional sign the petition transaction complete we do a lot of that, or we're offered a lot of that. What we're not offered so much is transformational advocacy, where we're trained, encouraged, and then succeed at doing things as an advocate that we thought we couldn't do, like meet with a member of Congress and bring them on board to our issue, or have a letter to the editor published on something we care about. When we do those things that we thought we couldn't do, we see ourselves in a new light. We see ourselves in community as community leaders, and that's the transformation from I can't, I couldn't, not me, not now, to, oh, wow, well, I just did. Uh, I see myself differently now. So that's the transformational advocacy. I say that um, you're looking for three things in an organization to find out if it delivers transformational advocacy. One, out, uh, recruitment and building community. The organization brings new people in, not just to build an e-blast list. No, real people talking to real people and forming them into chapters so they're not working alone. And then community building. We met on what I'm talking about, a Citizens Climate Lobby monthly webinar, an all-of-organization webinar with guest speakers, Q&A, inspiration, not just for the leaders, but for everyone in the chapter. So recruitment and building community, uh, uh, training. They want you to be more effective. How do you get a meeting with a member of Congress? How do you plan for the meeting? How do you write a letter to the editor? Uh, training. And number three, encouraging breakthroughs. They encourage you to move out of your comfort zone. There's a drawing in a book or a small circle labeled your comfort zone. And to the right is a much larger circle labeled 
where the magic happens. So you're looking for an organization that doesn't kick you out of your comfort zone, but encourages you out over to where the magic happens. There are not a lot of organizations that do that. We need more to uh, really empower their members. Well, the advantage to being in an organization like that is the support that they offer you as you come out of your comfort zone. You have so many stories in here. Could you give us a sample of one of them where this this one that just stuck in my heart was the one about the woman who wanted to bring um, her check at the end of the year. So she... All oh, right. Okay. You know yes. exactly what I'm talking. I about. know exactly what you mean. So, so this is Maxine Thomas. Maxine. Uh, she's someone with a lived experience of poverty. She's an amazing woman, but I always say we're all amazing if we can just find an organization that it can empower us. Um, she joined a group called Circles for people who are motivated to move out of poverty, and her group realized they had a story to tell, and so they looked around for groups that could help tell their story, them tell their story. And they found results, the anti-poverty lobby I founded. And she gets involved, she gets a scholarship to go to the results conference in DC, borrows luggage to go to the conference. The night before the conference, uh, she realizes that the earned income tax credit is about to expire. Uh, It's for low income working families. Uh, In 2020, a family on average received 3,000 $100 at tax time. Uh, And I'm going to read what she said. This is her first ever meeting with a member of Congress. The first congressional meeting on Lobby Day was with Senator Dan Coates, Republican of Indiana, and brought new ahas. He was there for the entire meeting. I can still feel it. I was a ball of emotions. It felt like an out-of-body experience. I was processing being in D.C., and now we're in an exclusive meeting. We're all dressed up. It's high level. The volunteers were polished and sharp, but I was scared. Now that's all of us at that first ever, but I was scared and worried whether I would say the right thing. I think it was Lisa who asked, do you want to say anything? I thanked the Senator and said, I learned last night why I'm here. I didn't know I could come here from Indianapolis to talk to you, someone who can help us. I can't imagine what will happen to if the earned income tax credit is taken away from families like mine. I'm able to take a deep breath and catch up on my bills because of the earned income tax credit. I look forward to tax time because that's the only time I can handle my financial burden. I'd like to take my kids to the mall to buy shoes without worrying if it'll take away from my other bills. And then she closes. Well, let me say this. The senator says... He straightens himself up and he says, wow, this has been emotional. Results, you do a good job of training people. Where did you find her? And then he thanked me. And at the end of her day of meetings, reps and senators, she said, I was euphoric. I was on this high and I felt I was part of something revolutionary. Now, that's a far cry from cynical and hopeless. I was uh, euphoric. I was on this high and felt I was part of something uh, revolutionary. That's transformational advocacy, that experience. Your story is so pointed to what I'm talking about. We, we, you, I, Sam, have a destiny. 
my destiny keeps finding me. Sometimes I try to go to dinner and forget it. No, the destiny's there. The destiny that you viewers are watching today is your destiny. You're watching Sam. He just gave you an example of what one person can do. Scared to death. And I think the fact that Maxine, was her name Maxine? Can I share a photo of Maxine? Yes, of course. Oh, one you know, second. Screen. Oh, um, okay, in one moment, I'll share it. And the photo that I'm going to share She's uh, standing with her U.S. Senator, a different one, Senator Todd Young, uh, a Republican of Indiana. And I'm going to just make this one a little bigger. So this is Maxine Thomas. Um, oh, sorry. Here we go. There she is. So she's with her U.S. Senator Todd Young, Republican of Indi Indiana. So we can all do this, but we need to find an organization that will recruit us or will join in. They'll put us into chapters. They'll build community. They'll train us and they'll encourage us to move out of our comfort zone. Oh, Sam, you are something. I read that you have to in, get in an organization that's building its enrollment, building people into it so that they can all become active. You're talking about training. Training is the key. Yesterday, I was on a Zoom call and I said something about my passion for ending war. I wasn't empowered. It was just, yes, take the course. Then I read your book. And now I have to, I'm glad I only said it to 25 people because now I'm going to say it to thousands of people that we can end war. And then the breakthrough, the breakthrough, when war is over, we can celebrate. And we can have a world that Robert and I and you and all of us believe is here for our grandchildren. That's and you right. know, I have one more thing to share. It's personal. I wrote the book Revolutionary Conversations to help people understand how do you have a conversation with somebody who doesn't agree with you? But the missing ingredient was this process, the results process. You didn't name your organization results out of just plain old goodness. You named it out of it because you know it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. So if I could, I'm going to tell when I'm coaching a group who's working with a member of Congress who opposes their bill, I have them ask these three questions. One, we know you don't support this bill. What would it take to change your mind? Now, you're looking for assignments. I'll get to that in a moment. One, we know you don't support this bill. What would it take to change your mind? Two, could you say more about that? Three, why do you think that is? It's a deep listening exercise and you're listening for assignments. And the person who was part of Citizen Lobby, who was the lead volunteer on getting the House Climate Solutions Caucus with a Republican Democrat, he was basically told, well, if you could get all the Chambers of Commerce presidents on board, he did. He came back to the member of Congress. He said, well, if you could get the mayors on board, he did. And then it all came to fruition. But what would it take to change your mind? Listening for assignments uh, and then fulfill the assignment that you're given in a sense. So that's that one. Number three, what would it take to change your mind? Well, one is, uh, we know you don't support this bill. What would it take to change your mind? Okay, that's in number one. Thank you. Yes. Number two, could you say more about that? Okay, right. Number three, why do you think that is? Oh, I see. I was putting... You're asking them to 
Here's the first layer of the onion. Okay, thank you. Here's the next layer of the onion. Okay, thank you. Here's the next layer of the onion. Because actually, if you repeal, peel away enough layers of the onion, you actually get to union in a way. Uh -huh. Some common. You, know, you get to a common vision um, and you just be a good listener. Well, I'm just going to tell you, Sam, you have rephrased, rephrased my magic formula in revolutionary conversation. One, stop. Just stop for a moment. I hear you. May I ask you a question? I need some help. Stop, help, ask. And then when you have heard and you repeat back, as Sam said, what would it take to change your mind? Don't go there until you've really understood. That's called risk, S-H-A-R, risk. And when you say, may I share an idea? May I take a risk? The minute you say, may I take a risk? Everybody listens because you're putting yourself out there. You're vulnerable now. May I take a risk? And once you have created this harmony in this moment, like you said, once the senator got with him, the person who came in, they were in harmony, then you explore the possibilities. That's my formula. But that formula is exactly what you're talking about. But I think yours has had more dynamic people or more dynamic results. I don't know the answer, but I do know everybody watching today has the opportunity to read your book especially chapter 21, how to learn to be a spokesperson. And as Maxine did, get out of your comfort zone, find what your passion is and do it. Sam, I want to ask you two last questions. What is your dream for the world? And where can we find out more about you besides buying your fabulous book, Reclaiming Our Democracy, Every Citizen's yeah. Guide? Yes, yeah. So uh, my dream for the world, actually, let me state my mission. I've recently rewritten it. And okay. so uh, I, I hope to do a great job. So my mission is to inspire nonprofit leaders to create and citizens to actively join structures of support that deliver transformational advocacy and allow participants to make a profound difference of, as advocates and joyfully make a big difference in the world. So that's my mission. And so I, I feel like too many people don't know where to turn, mm -hmm. don't know where to get some encouragement and some training. And my, my dream for the world is that organizations everywhere, and I wanna say my analysis of why organizations don't do this is the fear of making big asks of volunteers. If I'm standing in front of 20 people to launch a chapter and I say, well, they're not going to agree to four part new group training every week for four weeks. If I ask that, no one, no, no, they, if it's powerful, they would. So I'll ask for something much smaller and they'll give something much smaller. No, we need to get over the fear of making big asks of volunteers. It's a big world and there are big change that's needed. So we need to be big ourselves. So that's that. And if people go to reclaimingourdemocracy.com, they can find out how to get on the Civic Courage mailing list. We can help them get connected to one of the four organizations that work to deliver transformational advocacy. They could also let me know if they'd like to host a book group, probably a Zoom book group or something uh, in their home with their friends. I love that. Reclaimingourdemocracy.com, not org. 
Either one works, actually. Either both of them work. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm peacepodcast.org because I want to make sure that people understand I am doing this out of my love for the world. I am not doing it out of profit. I don't believe that profit is the only motivator. I think our heart is the biggest motivator. I want well, my children to be alive in a world that works. And thrive. Yes. And everyone should buy the book and all royalties go to results. So uh, the anti-poverty lobby. You know, there is so much wisdom in this half hour that I've had with Sam. I was telling him in the early minutes before our podcast started, he's my hero. Do you know how many people on peacepodcast.org are the results of results, the, the results of Sam? Because he, they listen and they practice. They didn't just say, oh, I got it now. I read the chapter. No, they practiced. They took an article, an article that they believed in, and they practiced with another person or a group. How to bring it down to 20 or 200 important words. Put it in your mind that your heart and your mind are working together. I can, Sam, you and I have a future. We have a big future, but it's going to be done with love and with theory that works. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. What can I do on Valentine's Day except, except say I love you? I love I, you. I love your spirit. You know, you. I, I fall in love with you when reading your book. I say, yes, I'm go, go. <laughs> and you're just falling in love with people and life when you're reading the book. So it's because it's chock full of people having breakthroughs and making a difference. And the real stories, the real stories that these people right. tell. Um I can't even begin to tell you all the good news that I got in this book. So I'm going to do this again. Reclaiming Our Democracy, the 2024 edition, completely revised and updated. It got to me from Amazon almost overnight. And I sat down and I have stickies everywhere. If you could just see all the words I have written about this wonderful book. <laughs> you got it. And you know, Sam, I loved your process of getting media. You just sit there and say, oh, let's see, who do I know? No, you had 20 people help you. You mind the miracle of media. I do media training. I've never had 20 people help me, but now I understand. Get the crap to help well, you. If I, if I could just let you know, I train writing letters to the editor, and you find an article that's on your issue, and then you write to the editor. Well, I did a monetified version where we, we found articles and instead of writing to the editor, we wrote to the writer or to the producer or the host kind of thing. We wrote 370 journalists about a specific piece of theirs, quoting back to them what they said in their piece and saying how some ideas in this book were aligned with that. And 126 asked for an advanced copy. And of course, a smaller number than- That's a lot. It's, You know, it's awesome. It's That's awesome. awesome. When you can get 10% return on your letters, you're, <laughs> you got 33%. Yeah. Honest to God. Oh, sorry, everybody. Just listen. You can tell I'm bubbling over with enthusiasm about Sam Daly Harris. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller. I kept my name Barbara Gon Mueller because I know when you search on Google, there's about 2,000 Barbara Mueller's, but there's only one Barbara gone, G-A-U-G-H-E-N, Mueller. And that was my first husband who helped get the man on the moon. My second husband, Robert Mueller, 
helped save the world and 40 years of passion for the United Nations. He's called that the best education he ever got was working with people, helping people understand their destiny, helping people understand that hope is the foundation of peace and work. Sam, all I can say is you're a blessing. You're an, a person that walks his talk. And I had such a good time talking to you today. Thank you. It was a thrill. Thank you. It's a conversation I'll never forget. And with that, I say all of you, invite a friend to listen to Sam. In fact, invite the whole organization that you're a part of and view this together and say, what's our action now that we've seen Sam and Barbara's asked him a couple of good questions? What are we going to do now? Maybe we'll read chapter 21 together, practice. And with that, I say, God bless you and happy Valentine's Day. Let your love shine as I have been sharing it with my family and friends. And I'm only halfway through. What does that tell you? You can have a lot of friends when your heart is speaking. And when you use reclaiming our democracy and learn transformational advocacy, Sam, thank you.